Welcome to My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. Premiere Week concludes with a book club discussion of Batman White Knight, recorded live at Zap Comic Con. I am joined for the episode by Fat Moose Clerk Sean Hendricks, who you heard earlier this week in the Season 4 premiere. My thanks to Zap Comics for the opportunity to host a panel at their convention. And now, here is our conversation about Batman White Knight. Enjoy! Welcome to My Comic Shop History, live book club edition. I'm your host, Anthony Desiato. We are here in Wayne, New Jersey at Zap Comic Con. I am joined by comic shop clerk, Sean Hendricks. Sean, hey, welcome. how you doing? Thank you so much for being here. I got nowhere else to be, sir. All right, so our book club <laughs> selection, our topic of discussion, is Batman White Knight, the eight-issue miniseries from DC Comics, written and drawn by Sean Murphy. Yes. As of this recording, six out of the eight episodes... Episodes, huh? <laughs> that works. TV on the brain, I guess. Six out of the eight issues are out, uh, so we don't know how it ends yet, but there's still a lot that we can unpack and sink our teeth into. So before we before we really get into the individual issues and characters and everything going on in it, just give me your hot take on the on the series. Have you been enjoying it? Not enjoying it? What's what's your take? I do enjoy it. Matter of fact, I think this is the moment where we should use your podcast to our benefit. Because, from what I gather, there's a very good chance that Sean Murphy himself is going to hear this. So, the other night, I posted on Instagram a photo of the issues uh, right after I read them, and I tagged him. I wasn't expecting any kind of response, and he actually wrote. He was like, glad you're enjoying the series. He's like, can I get a link to the episode? So, so there's a decent chance that he might actually listen to this, which is Hi, very Sean. cool. So, here's, here's how we use this to our advantage. Go for it. Sean? It's Sean. From one Sean to another... We're big fans of your work, obviously, and we, we could have reviewed any comic book today. We chose yours. Even though it's not even done yet. That's how excited we are about it. So, it wouldn't hurt if a Batman sketch or something for us. Are you trying saying? to get a sketch out oh, of this? Oh, yes, yes, of course I'm trying to get a sketch. I have, I'm have. i a big Batman fan. I'm a big Sean Murphy fan. I have a Batman shrine in the house, a whole wall of Batman artwork. I got plenty of space for a nice Sean Murphy piece. And and you should get something, too, for all of your effort. I mean, you're more of a Superman guy. I won't hold it against you. But, you know. I mean, you went big. I'm just hoping for a retweet. That would be great. Yeah, no, that'd be nice, too. But, you know, the extra nifties. Yeah, like, nice, yeah, little Batman sketch. I'm hanging on the wall next to my Tom Rainey Batman piece. He'll be in good company. There you go. So, but, so you've, been, you've been enjoying the miniseries. I have. I, I, I reread it the other night. And I wrote down some notes, like, like a grown-up. Yeah, we are, we are prepared for this. So I have to say, for, for my own hot take, I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. So going into it, I, I purposely didn't know a lot. Like, I, I didn't seek out any spoilers or anything like that, but I knew the basic premise. Joker breaks good, he's cured, he becomes Gotham's White Knight and tries to prove why Gotham doesn't need Batman. So that was the basic premise, and I was like, okay, that's cool, like, it should be a fun read. 
But I was so pleasantly surprised. I feel like they really got into some interesting questions about the cost of Goth of Batman operating in Gotham, both literally three, and figuratively. Three billion dollars a year. Dollars, <laughs> the Batman devastation out. fund. Yeah, exactly. So it, it just got into those issues in a deeper way than I was I was really expecting. I, I enjoyed. Well, that. now this series, it's a self-contained series. It's not labeled as an Elseworlds series, but it is, right? I mean, it's not. Rebirth canon, I mean, there's... Right, it, so it's out of continuity, though it's right. not labeled as anything. They haven't used the Elseworlds designation in a long time, I don't think. No, but, but it's funny, so again, like, I didn't know much going in, and I actually, I wasn't even sure if it was in continuity or not, and reading it, um, there are a few things that are, that do diverge from the, the typical continuity, so there are yes. signs that well, it's not... they kill Alfred. Well, there's, <laughs> there's that. Uh, we should say there are, there will be spoilers. <laughs> oh, wait, did I, yeah, All right, Alfred's dead. He's so. dead. Yeah, so I was very pleasantly surprised at that. I've been enjoying the issues. Uh, so where, uh, so as far as this continuity piece of it, the Batman we get in this is a more unhinged Batman. He's kind of a, you know, he's kind of a dick. He's yeah. I mean, not not so concerned with uh, you know property destruction or, or even you know like knocking people down. Yeah, first and issue, he takes out a few construction workers, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> but do you feel like this is a Batman? very far removed from the mainstream continuity or Batman who we could see if a couple of things went a certain way? It, it reminded me of two different Batman. One would be the Frank Miller depiction of Batman as kind of a jerk. And two would be the way I play Batman in the Telltale series. <laughs> you know, you get to make your choices as you go. Okay. And as when you're playing as Bruce Wayne, I'm very fair, I'm balanced and I'm kind, but I put on the cowl and it's suddenly the choice is like, scare the criminal or beat him with a pipe it's beat him with a pipe like my Batman is merciless and I saw a lot of that in this Batman yeah yeah I mean and to what do we attribute that unhinging that, that more uh, more brutal less less careful Bruce I mean is, could it be the loss of Alfred no because he was a jerk before that I mean Alfred was on his right, way out he was on yeah I blame um, Zack Snyder no is that still can I do that can't blame the guy for everything no okay but no, it very much seems like that that kind of a Batman. Older, more callous, less concerned with others' safety. Uh, just willy-nilly flying along the rooftops in his weaponized tank car. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, a, it's a slightly different Batman. Reading it, in terms of both the art style as well as the supporting cast that's utilized, very reminiscent to me of Batman the Animated Series. Did you find that as well? There were a lot of nods to that. I mean, I even jotted down in my notes at one point, uh, the criminals are sitting one Joker gathers, oh, I'm sorry, Jack Napier. He's been de-Jokerized at he, that point. Yeah. They, uh, he gathers all the criminals around, and he's talking about how, oh, whenever we get together, it's a matter of talking about, oh, how we almost got him. Direct reference to the title of one of the episodes. That's right. I think season one of Animated Series. And the the animated series Batmobile makes an appearance or two in there. In fact, all the Batmobiles do at one point. You see the Batcave, and there's like every Batmobile ever represented, which is a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Batman animated series nods. And even, again, in, in terms of the supporting cast that's utilized, uh, you know, we don't have a Robin, at least not yet, in this. But Nightwing and Batgirl, very much the Bat family that we saw towards the end of Batman the animated well, series. And um, Jason Todd is missing and presumed dead, right? Yeah, so a difference from traditional continuity, right? Like in this version, uh, Joker kidnapped and beat him, but the body was never recovered. And Joker, or Jack Napier, can't remember what he did. Right. Yeah. So on this note of, of Jack Napier, right, I, wanna, I wanted to get your take on this. So as far as the Joker goes, um, you know, again, in this version, he, he, we actually have his name, right? 
Where do you land? Like, should Joker have an origin and a known name, or well, is he more effective as this mysterious character who just appears and it's, you know, let me tell you how I got these scars, but you never really know what story is actually. Or the, the rebirth theory where there's three different Jokers. Right. <laughs> well, the Jack Napier, was the Batman, Michael Keaton, the, the 89 Batman, was that the first mention of him as Jack Napier? Is it, I, I we might need an official ruling on that, but I, 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 we'll go with I that. I think that's the first time I, we heard the name Jack Napier. Audience? Yes, they're all nodding. All right. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, he's Sean is pulling from many sources. He's using Jack Napier, the name from the 89 Batman. He's using Alfred dies of McGregor's disease. Do you know where that's no. from? No, no. Come on, man. No. Batman and Robin. Oh. Wow. The, uh, the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, <laughs> You can't blame me. Yeah, you can't blame me for blocking that out. Oh, uh, you know, I, I have to admit, I at the store, I watched that movie, like, once a week, I put that on. Fair enough. Because it's so bad, I can't help it. <laughs> but so, but like, what? Which version of Joker do you prefer? Do you like having even some inkling of an origin, or do you prefer um, not? Well, knowing? yeah, because he's also pulling from the Alan Moore Killing Joke version, where he's a failed comedian. You know, he came from a farm apparently in this version and um, tried to be a comedian and didn't work. Now, here's an interesting thing: they don't say anything about the vat of chemicals at Axis if he fell into them. He makes direct reference to wearing makeup, and when he de-jokerizes, his skin is regular, his hair is normal, he's, he looks regular. So it led me to assume that everything was makeup, hair dye and white face. And, but then, spoilers, issue six, towards the end, he re-jokerizes, and suddenly his skin is white and his hair is green. Is that like a hulking out effect, or, because it, it like, it shows a transformation in the, the color. And another thing I want to talk about is the coloring by Matt Hollingsworth. There are a lot of subtle hints that the Joker is still inside him. Issue four or five, when Harley's teaching him to fight, the opening scene, in the background is the reflection in the mirror. And the coloring of Jack Napier is Joker-like. He's more pale and you see greenish ah. tints in the hair, which is very subtle. And I appreciate that sort of thing. Well done, boys. Yeah, but that's a nice touch. It, was the Joker white because of the chemicals, or was it actual makeup? And then when he jokers out in issue six, is that a physiological change? Like it, 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 I was kind of confused. So, Sean, hit me up. Give me the answers, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that is a good question. I guess, you know, we end on that cliffhanger, like you said, of him, you know... Uh, Rejokerizing. Rejokerizing. I just so. made up that word, and now it's canon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see what the next issue. Um, part at first I was thinking it was in his head, but then you know all the cops had their guns pointed at him, and it seemed like that was actually happening, and not. In it. So I don't know. Ooh, you know what I want to talk about too? The two Harleys. I love the two Harleys. <laughs> I love this notion that the Harley switched out, and he had no idea. I thought that was that was great because you you yeah. can have now you can have both Harleys, depending on which one you prefer: the classic Harley, the animated series Harley, or the Stripper Harley? I don't know what... Suicide Squad song. Suicide Squad. We'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, that was really interesting. I thought that that was clever. And I mean, on the one hand, you could look at it as... You know, initially I was looking at it as a rejection of the current version of Harley, but right. now they, they're, they're both there. So I think that's a way to, to have them both. Well, and then he created an entirely new character by making Neo-Joker yeah. out of the new Harley. So I can almost guarantee that Neo-Joker will become part of Rebirth continuity because there's money to be made you know yeah that's, it's a, a cool character design 
And it's a cool concept that Joker was so unhinged, he didn't realize that Harley left and a different Harley came in. And her name, actually, I was thinking about this too. Told you I took notes. Marion Drews. So I went on the internet, because I'm not that clever. I need other people to form my opinions. And if you say the name quickly enough, it's Marion Drews, Mary Andrews, Marion, is it a play on Marionette? Is it a play on, because it, it seemed like the name has some significance, but I have yet to piece it together. But Marion Drews, Mary, Marion, there's something there. Sean, once again, you can get in touch with us. You're really us. banking on him listening to this. He's got a man. Come on. <laughs> the only reason I got out of bed today, I was up late last night. <laughs> you know, as far as how we landed on this as our reading selection, when when they invited me to be a part of this, you know, which was so cool. Zapcon. I yeah, I based, I made a few suggestions to them as far as things that we could talk about, um, and I, I based my suggestions on the Zap Awards. So they give out awards at the store and you know things that are popular among among the customers. And this was one of the winners, and so this was one of the things I suggested. And they jumped right on it. They're like, this is, like, people are really into this, like, you should do this. Uh, and I was like, let's do it. You, you work at a comic book shop, another store in New Jersey. What has the reaction been among the customers at your store? Um, it's not a top-selling title, but the people who are reading it are enthusiastic about it. Um, there are so many Batman books on the shelf that it's hard to, I mean, nobody can get them all. I can because I work in a comic shop. Yeah. But uh, I have been steering people towards it because you look at the, the, the rack and there's, you know, Batman, there's Detective, there's, um, what's that new miniseries Kurt Busiek's writing? Creature of the Night, something yep. like that. And then there's this and then there's the new Telltale series and, you know, Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So when people ask for suggestions, I do suggest White Knight because it's different. And it's self-contained, and you don't need to read 800 tie-ins and crossovers and Dark Knight's Metal, which, ooh, boy. <laughs> as a side note, have you been reading Dark Knight's Metal? I haven't, although I did, I did offer that as, as an option for, oh, really? for something we could discuss. So if, they had, if Zap had gone for it, I, I would have read it, but, but yeah, they opted just, for this instead. Well, good. <laughs> All right. I can be positive about this book. <laughs> There is a very uh, ingenious use of Clayface. Yes. In this series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that poor guy. He never gets a break. No, ingested by uh, <laughs> the villains in Gotham and used uh, used to control them via Mad Hatter's uh, yeah, so mind control device. Jack Napier kind of powderizes him <laughs> and slips him into everybody's cocktails, which was a cool scene because you see all the villains drinking different things. Like, Bane is drinking tequila because... Stereotype, and <laughs> and actually, Two Face. In one hand, he has like a glass of wine, and the other hand, he's got like a Colt forty five or something to show his two sides. It's yeah, it's a nice. He likes it. Uh, <laughs> just those little touches, the little things that really you could you could tell that Sean Murphy, hi Sean, is putting a, a lot of care into this. You know, a lot of a lot of attention to detail. But um, so yeah, they they turn Clayface into powder, slip him into everybody's cocktails and then use the Mad Hatter's tech to control Clayface, thereby controlling all of the other criminals. It's kind of interesting. But yeah. Batman, being the world's greatest detective, who does not care about collateral damage. Um, He's too busy detecting. He can't be Yeah, well, he detects that. that all these criminals would never team up. And also, they were all kind of quiet during this crime spree. So he deduces what, what Jack Napier is doing. But then... 
Neo Joker gets the tech and takes over the criminals. Oh, and they, they put Roxy Rocket in there, too, from the animated series. Yeah. That's a nice touch. I don't know if she's been in anything other than the animated series comic books, so that was kind of cool to see her interacting with the larger DC universe. Yeah. There were a lot of nods to the animated series. And Killer Croc. I like the design of Killer Croc. <laughs> Much yeah. more crocodile looking, you know? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. No, for sure. You know, so it's interesting. Speaking of, of the villains, uh, you know, I, I certainly can't think of any other examples where the Joker has has turned good, right? But there have been a lot of other examples. One. What, what do you got? One that comes to mind. Grant Morrison's Justice League, way back in the 90s, there's an issue where oh man is it Martian Manhunter something happens to Joker's brain and he's normal for like a few minutes okay and it's been a while yeah yeah, it's been a long time Uh, but and I don't remember exactly how it happened but for a moment the Joker is sane and he has this moment of of realization like oh my god yes what have I done what have I what did I do you know and then snaps back but yeah, but as far as like extended turns, I'm thinking of uh, Riddler when Paul Dini did his Detective Comics run. Riddler, uh, like, was a consulting private investigator for the GCPD. Well, they've been uh, doing that in the the TV show Gotham, where Riddler got frozen in ice. Yep. Do you watch Gotham? I want I want to circle back to that in one <laughs> okay, second. Right, that ties sorry. into something. Uh, that's a whole other gonna... podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was that show was a goof. You know, so Riddler had that had that run. Uh, James Robinson's face to face story during the one year later period. Two Face yes. was cured and was good for a while. Um, you know, Harley Quinn and Catwoman have you know been portrayed more as like anti heroes than right. true villains. Uh, Penguin has at least gone semi legitimate with his businesses and things like that. The Iceberg Lounge. Um, it, it feels. Like, odd that we haven't had a turn like this for the Joker yet. It seems like an obvious story. Like, what? yeah, it's, it's odd that, that it took this long to get to that. But now, the method by which he becomes sane. Batman force-feeding <laughs> him a ton of pills, of experimental pills, um, seems a bit aggressive. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit, but I guess in keeping with this with this version. I want to know what kind of scooter he was on in that first opening scene that he's out running the Batmobile on yeah. this battery-powered scooter. Yeah, and talking to Batman is that Batman would hear him. Yeah, well, I mean, it's comics. You've got to suspend disbelief to a certain point, I suppose. You know. But so you mentioned Gotham, the TV series, oh, which yeah. I do watch. And do you, you watch it as well? Oh, yeah. It's. I enjoy it overall. Like it's all over the place. It varies. <laughs> it, the tone shifts. Yeah. Minute to minute. It varies wildly, episode to episode, scene to scene, even. But overall, I do enjoy it. But Gotham's interesting because in this depiction, right, we don't have Batman yet. However, all of these villains are rising. So at least according to this interpretation, it doesn't necessarily seem that Batman causes this. Which is right. often yeah. the theory, right? Yeah. Like, usually it's, it's like escalation. Right. Like you put on a mask, they put on a mask. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, Gotham, by the time little Brucey becomes Batman, these villains are going to be too old to commit crimes. <laughs> yeah. There's, the thing I love about Gotham is there's always one moment every episode. It's one of the few genre shows my girlfriend watches with me, mostly because she has a crush on Ben McKenzie, who plays Gordon. Well, who doesn't, really? I mean, if you watch The O.C., come on. Well, that's the thing. She's a big O.C. fan. <laughs> and by extension, I suppose I am, because I've seen them all. <laughs> so I actually refer to Gotham, as, as, or The O.C., as the adventures of young Jim Gordon, you know? That's but, interesting uh, way. Yeah, yeah. So there's always one moment per episode where I have to pause it, and I look at her and go, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, just just hit play. Keep, just keep going. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, on that note of Gordon 
because uh, he's one of my favorite, I mean, he's my favorite part of the Gotham TV series. I enjoy the depiction of Jim. He uh, loves to punch. He loves to punch. He's tough, <laughs> fundamentally a good Speaking man. Speaking of just keep punching, you got there, Jim Gordon. I know. Man. That, <laughs> yeah, he's had some great moments, <laughs> yeah. really. But I mean, like a fundamentally good man, um, you know, fighting a war that we, we Who know occasionally he's going to what, lose. murders people and hides things. Just and like once these, or twice, though. Yeah, just finding a couple, his, a couple of repetitious murders. That's all part of the job, I suppose. He's finding his way. But as far <laughs> as like the Gordon and the GCPD of all of this, in the context of White Knight, you know, one of the things that that Jack Napier argues to Jim when he proposes this uh, Gotham Terror Oppression Unit. Is like, you know, Batman should have outfitted you guys with a fleet of Batmobiles. Right, like Batman has this, this superior technology. If he's really interested in, in stopping crime, why wouldn't he share this? And it's the same theory that um, is in the Marvel Universe with Fantastic Four. Like Reed Richards invented all this great unstable molecules and all the Fantastic Car. Why doesn't he share this to make a better world? Or more recently with the Black Panther movie with Wakanda. You have this great technology. Why not help the world with it? Um, again, I guess you have to suspend a bit of disbelief, and it's, it's, it's comic books, it's genre. You, it, if you apply too many real-world rules to it, then it's not fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I guess that brings me to my question. You know, everything that Jack is arguing to the city, and there's this whole political angle to all of this too, where he you know runs for city council. But uh, you know, all these arguments that he's making to the city and to the GCPD, is he right? He kind of is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but the thing, the, the one thing that bothered me was he's right, basically. On paper, he's right. But yet, he's also doing the whole thing with controlling the criminals through Clayface. Right. So he's not completely rehabilitated. He still has his little secret plan to further his agenda. So he's not completely cured or completely good. But he does make a lot of good points. And uh, the whole point where he's like, you... the. Gotham police have allowed Batman to operate. You have a bat signal. Like, you guys are complicit in this. If he's a vigilante, which is illegal, you have been not only allowing him, but aiding him, you know? Like he says, when, when he shoves all the pills down Joker's throat, he said, you stood there and watched this happen, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, reading it, it's... I know. I mean, you kind of... It, it's, it's understandable, his point of view, in all of this. You know, the fact that... The city has suffered so much, all of this destruction, the, you know, the people are losing out, the gatekeepers are profiting, uh, things don't really seem to be improving. It's interesting. Yeah, when you can take $3 billion a year from the Batman Devastation Fund and, and build things and fix roads and build, well, he's building a library that yeah. then gets destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> right. And with the Bat Devastation Fund, I love when Gordon and Batman are talking about it, and Gordon's shocked. And Batman's like, well, I always assumed. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, I just figured that. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you idiot, Jim. Well, I like, guess it'd be suspect if the Wayne Foundation is just giving $3 billion a year. And he's like, sorry about, sorry about all those rooftops. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you about this. What do you think of the, art-wise, the design of the characters? Like, Batman looks different in this series. He's got that high collar on the cape that looks almost kind of like a Gotham by Gaslight sort of collar. Yeah, yeah. Which I like. And the ears are, are on the shorter side. You know, you don't get those big, like, um, Kelly Jones three-foot ears, which I like. The, the, my one quibble, and Sean, nothing personal, um, those thigh-high boots on Batman, those dominatrix boots, no. I don't, they, they don't work for me. Especially since Batgirl has the same exact boots. 
and it's a, it looks like a much more feminine design. So he's got these big leathery boots that come all the way up with this little saucy cut on the on the top, and it just it, it, I had that moment of like I don't know I don't know if Batman would be rocking those. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, overall, no, I mean, I've enjoyed the art. I, um, again, very reminiscent of the Batman animated series, those sharp lines. I mean, Batman seems, like, bigger, like, just bigger, more brutal. Yeah, definitely a, a more Frank Miller take, I think. Yeah. Oh, and actually, speaking of the animated series, his grappling hook thing is right out of the animated series, the design of it. Yeah. Um, I like the collar, don't like the boots. <laughs> and Batgirl, it's a cool design. And again, it's, it's comics, it's a visual medium. You want it to look cool. But that, that collar that comes all the way up under her chin, tactically, that looks like it would be a real pain in the ass. <laughs> you turn your head with that thing. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so again, we, you know, we don't know how the series is going to end, but we've, you know, we saw the beginning of it where uh, Jack goes to Arkham. Kind of a, a twist on the Killing Joke beginning, where you know Batman shows up. He's got the Batmobile, time. yeah, he pulls yeah. Up in a Batmobile. And at this point, uh, you know, Batman is a prisoner in Arkham, and Joker said, "Jack says, you know, I need your help." And then we cut back a year earlier, and we see, you know, so now we've been seeing everything leading up to that. But so if Jack's whole argument has been Gotham doesn't need Batman, right? And then, of course, we know he's going to change his tune to at least some extent. He needs Batman. I mean, do you think that's going to be the final point of, of this story is that we do need Batman? Or since it's an out of – and this is what I wonder because, like, it's an out-of-continuity story. It's like they they could land on the side of, no, like, he's really yeah, they, they could do anything because, it, yeah, it's not canon. Um, the interesting thing is, is when they arrest Batman, I mean, Joker takes him down. He just chokes him out. Yeah. And then he's got a moment of like, holy crap. What have I done? What did I do? But, and again, suspending disbelief. Is there a world in which they can arrest Batman and nobody takes off the mask? No. I know that was part of the deal. Like, all right, we'll get him, but you got to promise me you won't take off the mask. Come on. Somebody that, is going to take yeah. off that mask. That seemed like a bit of a stretch. But I think that was also one of the animated series episodes where he ends up in Arkham and he's fully masked and you're like... Nobody tried to look under that mask. Yeah. Or is it a booby trap like in uh, the Dark Knight, where you try to t and you get zapped or something? There's got to be. Speaking of zap, zap gone. Yeah, nice. Yeah. But, um, nice tie in there. But yeah, so he comes. Yeah, the, the whole thing opens with him coming to Arkham, saying, "I need your help, Batman." And now, as of issue six, we caught up to that, where he now needs Batman's help. But then he re-Jokerizes again, a term that doesn't exist. And. Uh, and, oh, and um, Neo Joker has a giant Nazi freeze gun. Yeah, it's once again, shades yeah. of Batman and Robin with Schwarzenegger with his big old freeze gun. Like, I, does Sean Murphy <laughs> is, is he having a laugh about this, or is he gender, is he a fan of Batman and Robin? Sean, let us know. Is he a fan of that movie, or is it kind of a wink and a nod, like ah, it's kind of silly, but it's fun, or you know, maybe a little he, bit he of pulls both. a lot from that movie. Like the 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 least likely place anybody's gonna pull Batman stuff from is that Joel Schumacher Batman and Robin and yeah Sean Murphy's jumping in man he's like no nah, I'm taking the McGregor's disease I'm taking a giant freeze ray like after hearing you talk about this it almost makes me want to go back and watch the movie again do it but you're gonna need I would suggest a bucket of scotch and uh, some maybe some quaaludes are quaaludes still a thing but yeah you're gonna need some sort of self-medication to get through that movie it's, it's not an easy sit <laughs> like I said I put it on at the store and uh Customers come in and they look up and they go, dude, why? Why? <laughs> There's so much content in the world. Why did you choose this? I go, precisely because I like that reaction to it. <laughs> but, I mean, I wonder, is, is Sean Murphy a fan or is he just kind of like, yeah, let, let's legitimize some of the ridiculousness of that movie or... 
I mean, I think either of those are valid theories. Or yeah, maybe there are aspects of it. Yeah, maybe it's a way to kind of redeem the parts of it that that he liked or that resonated with him for whatever reason. I don't know. I can't imagine any part resonated with anybody. <laughs> that was one. Of, that movie, 1997. I walked out of the theater after that movie, demanded my money back, and got it. From, really? Yes. <laughs> the clerk at the box office was like. You know what, dude? You got a point. <laughs> Sorry, man. This was this hurt. This hurt my soul. Yeah. So you know, from the beginning, in, in my head, and I, I guess in the minds of some of the characters as well, you know, kind of suspected that Jack was just faking all right. along, right? At this point, do we think there's any chance that this is all just one big con, one big joke, or do we have enough evidence to support that he actually did make a legitimate transformation? You know, I think it's legitimate, but there are hints early on that the Joker is still in there. Um, there's a panel, and he does this a few times in the book, where somebody's shadow is different than the actual figure that's casting the shadow. There's a scene in the courtroom, maybe issue one, and Jack Napier is on the stand and he's talking, but his shadow behind him is Joker eyes. He's got the wild hair and slightly bigger nose, and, it, and there's another scene where Bruce is leading Nightwing and Batgirl down the stairs at some location, and he's not in costume, but his shadow has the ears on it, and it's kind of subtle hints that this is who you really are, you know, so I think it was meant to show the Joker's still in there, and Jack Napier even says, I have to keep taking these pills or he's coming back, and he's coughing up blood, and he's, you know, um, so I think it was inevitable that he was going to re-Jokerize, but I do think his, his initial turn towards the light was genuine. You know, and he, he's genuinely trying. But also, that's kind of, you know, he's still doing the shady stuff with the clay face and drugging all that. So I don't know how genuine the turn. I think he's trying, but the only way he knows how to achieve his goals is with a bit of shifty behavior, you know? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, one thing that, again, I really have enjoyed it. I, it would be interesting if we had any kind of inner monologue of Jack's you know, to kind of get more of a sense of what's going on in his head, although I guess that's probably, you know, part of the thing we're not supposed to know exactly. But it'd be interesting. That might end up too much like Gollum, yeah. where there's, like, two narratives going on, like, oh, we need to help this, oh, we gotta do this, and, you know, like, kind of the angel and the devil on your shoulder sort of thing. But um, I wonder, since DC is doing all these direct-to-DVD things, it'd be cool to see an animated adaptation. This would be so good. It would be an awesome... Adaptation. Sean, get on that, man. Make some phone calls... Especially given the influences of Batman the Animated Series, like if you did it in that style, if you had Mark Hamill playing oh, you know, yeah. Joker and Jack, like that'd be interesting, that'd be something different. That'd be cool because he could utilize basically two different voices to accomplish that. You know. I would imagine Warner Brothers animation has, consi I mean it seems so obvious that this would be, be good fodder for an Yeah, because it, it's a done in one, I mean it, it's a six, uh, eight issue series that it's got a beginning, a middle and an end. It's Although not... has he mentioned doing more in this in this world that he's set up? I feel like he has, Sean Has Sean Murphy? I, I, he'd have to call me and let me know, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think if, if I remember correctly, whether it's Twitter or an interview or something, I think he did, he did a, was at least open to the possibility of doing more. And now DC announced that they're doing their black label imprint. Yeah. Where high profile creators on their big name characters in out of continuity stories. So like this essentially if, if black label were around a year earlier, like this would have very likely been a black label book. So is black label almost gonna be like an Elseworlds kind of thing? Basically, where they're yeah. out of continuity. I yeah. gotta tell you, I grew up a Marvel kid. I mean not by choice, those were the comics that were handed to me mostly. Um 
I say, like, basically around the time of the Dark Knight Returns, 86, 87, is when I started dipping a toe into the DC pool. And now I read books by every company, you know, tiny little self-publishers to the big two. And uh, I say DC's making a lot of smart moves these days, man. They're, they're really... And I see it in the, the sales figures at my store. I mean, whereas Zapcon, I probably shouldn't announce the store. Well, I'll just say it rhymes, it rhymes <laughs> with Fat Moose. Oh, oh crap. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, what am I going to do? But uh, DC's, they're, they're doing it right. Whoever's running that, you know, they're, they're, they're making it. And they just signed Bendis. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, re you know, Rebirth seems to really have connected with a lot of readers. I and mean, yeah. that's definitely something. My travels to, to various stores, I mean, it seems like Rebirth has done well at a lot of shops. People are into it. Uh, you know, announcing the Black Label thing. Again, it essentially rebranded Elseworlds, but still, like, a cool concept. Um, you know, they announced their Zoom and Ink uh, yeah, it's initiatives for young readers. readers kind of like, perfect. Like, that's the kind of stuff that they should be doing. Yeah, that, I had a customer come in the other day, and he's looking for Black Panther comics for his 10-year-old son. They'd just seen the movie. The kid loved it. He goes, what do you have? I said, I got nothing. Because most of the Black Panther books have been a little more mature as far as dealing with politics, a lot of word balloons. And I showed him. I showed him Rise of the Black Panther. I showed him the, the current series. And he goes, yeah, this is a bit dry, you know. And, and I even had the trades of the Christopher Priest run, Marvel Knights, but it even says Marvel Knights for mature audiences. And, He's like, well, what do I get for my kids? I sold them some, you know, Marvel Digests and stuff, but DC is smart to have an all-ages line starring their big names. And um, Marvel recently, I guess, they had that Spidey series, which was kind of all-ages. And I sold a lot of those to people because it was safe. You know, I would not give a 10-year-old White Knight. Mm, right. Uh, you see Joker's butt. Yeah. <laughs> is that the first time in any book you see a naked Joker? I don't know offhand. I'd have to do some research on that. Well, you do the research because I don't want to have to clear my search history every five minutes. You know, you you Google Joker's butt and you let me know. <laughs> you know, speaking of Joker, you mentioned this at the top. You know, we're winding down here, but a couple of last things I want to touch on. You, you know, you mentioned at the top this theory that's been put forth uh, at the end of the New Fifty Two that there have actually been three Jokers. Yes. I, I want to get your take. I, I don't love that notion. I, I much prefer the Grant Morrison view that the Joker is ever-evolving, and so all he's been all of these things, and will continue to be all of these different things, but it's still one person, one entity. I don't, I don't really love this idea of three. What do you, yeah, what do you I don't think? like that, and I also, I'm not a big fan of, of, I like Scott Snyder, I like what he's been doing on the Batman book, but his whole take on the Joker, that he's eternal, they have all these like old pictures of Gotham back in the 1910s and 20s, and there's Joker in the background. And then, of course, Batman and Joker both die and get reanimated by whatever that goo was. I forget. The Secret of the Ooze, I think it was. <laughs> Vanilla Ice was in there somewhere. But, um, yeah, I don't like the three Joker theory. I don't like the Joker's eternal theory. Once you start putting a timeline on comics, it gets sticky. You know, you got to think like Frank Castle is no longer a Vietnam vet because he'd be very old. Now he's a Desert Storm vet. Like, you, it's hard to put a timeline to these characters that have been around 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, but the three Joker theory, yeah, not a fan. I, I much prefer that the Joker is malleable. Like, he adjusts to the times and he's so crazy that, yeah, he's not consistent. Sometimes he's super brutal. Sometimes he's just goofy and jokey. And, like, even in White Knight, the original Harley says, I left you because you became too jokery. Like, you know, at first it was fun, but you got too brutal, and that's when I failed. 
So, yeah, three Joker theory, no thank you. <laughs> so as we wrap up here, uh, I mean, any, any other things that you wanted to mention that we didn't get to about White Knight? Oh, let me see. I got a couple of notes. Do, 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 do. You know what's a nice touch? The scene where uh, Bruce is at a charity event and he's donating a car. Did you see the license plate on that? Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, I thought I remember. It, it's, uh, I think it's an Aston Martin. It, I mean, it's got to be because the, the license plate is... D-A-L-T-N-007. Ah, nice. Timothy Dalton is <laughs> 007. Like, again, of all the bonds you can pull from. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was a nice little, like, those little touches in the artwork. Because, you know, when I read it the first time, I just, I read it. Now, reading, rereading it in anticipation of this podcast, I paid a lot of attention. And just little touches like that, it's, it's cute, it's fun, it shows that there's a lot of care going into it, you know. Yeah, it's true. It's definitely something I think. Like I only read them once, but I, you know, to sit down and read it again, I think there's there is more to, to pick up on. So, but uh, I mean, as far as where we hope it goes next, you know, I mean, part of me feels like it'll end with Jack being Joker again and Gotham needing Batman. But just I, to reset the status quo. Yeah, but I I hope it doesn't go that direction. I think the fact that it is an out of continuity story hopefully means we'll get something a little different that we wouldn't get because we have to get it because it's right. in continuity. Well, we got two issues left. Um, might I suggest doing a follow-up at some point, even if it's a ten-minute tag at the end of an episode where we just get to discuss those two issues? I think we'll have to, yeah. I, I can't leave it hanging like this. I know. My I know. OCD is like, no, but it's not done. How do we, how do we, how do we you know, sum this up when it's not finished yet? Anything could happen in those two issues. I know. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here. But, uh, Sean, I want to thank you so much for being part of this I thank this you, episode. sir. This is my third appearance on your podcast. Yeah, I know. You've become a, a bit of a retirement club. That's right. An exclusive an exclusive group. Exclusive group. But, uh, and I also, of course, want to thank uh, Ben and Corey and Joe and everyone uh, at Zap for putting on this event and for having us here. Uh, thank you to everyone who came out uh, to listen live today. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you to everyone listening to the recording of this. And as always, don't be a flat squirrel. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. My Comic Shop History Season 4 continues with an all-new episode on Wednesday, April 18th. Don't be a flat squirrel.